Speaking of Gifts is the exclusive podcast of the Gifts and Decorative Accessories editorial team. Join us twice a month to discuss the latest news in the gift and home industries. Plus, hear exciting behind-the-scenes chatter on gift trends and interviews. Get a sneak peek at upcoming features and hear from surprise guests. So this episode is sponsored by Mud Pie, which creates great gifts for all of life's sparkling moments, both for holiday and just everyday celebrations. Their products really inspire laughter, inspiration, and joy. They are your one-stop resource for home, kids, and fashion. They're great for fashion-forward gals, entertainers, home decorators, those mamas and their littles, just anyone who enjoys celebrating every day, who loves to play hostess and entertain, who never arrive empty-handed, and who love effortless, stylish fashion. You can visit Mud Pie in Atlanta, Dallas, Las Vegas, or online at wholesale.mudpie.com. Hi, and welcome to Speaking of Gifts. You're here with your editor-in-chief, Lenise Willis. Anne-Marie Earl, Managing Editor. And Alex Herring, Senior Editor. So we've got a lot of great news that we want to dig into this week. But um, first, our special guest interview for this episode is Carol Schroeder. And we really wanted to pick her brain about the upcoming markets from a retail perspective. And so make sure you stay tuned to hear that very special interview. But first very big news happening in the world right now, cultural news happening in the world right now, Game of Thrones has ended. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and I know a lot of people, ourselves included, have varying opinions on how it ended. We're not going to give any spoilers because in today's like binging like culture, it may be forever until someone decides to binge the whole thing. So we're not going to ruin it, but different opinions <laughs> yes. whether you whether you like what happened or not um game of thrones has impacted pop culture in a huge way especially in a retail perspective because you know everyone needs different memorabilia from the show to show which house they aligned with um i was house lannister by the way <laughs> <laughs> you would be <laughs> Um, but the MPD group just released some insights into just how um, impactful the show was on retail. And Alex, I think you have something that um, is Game of Thrones related sitting on your desk right now. Yes, I guess I'm House Targaryen because I'm all about Daenerys and her dragon. So I have a little Funko Pop collectible of Daenerys riding Drogon. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You've got a bunch of dragon memorabilia <laughs> on your desk. I love dragons. What can I say? <laughs> I um, feel like we'll probably see a lot more dragons now, too. It's kind of weird because, you know, the unicorn has been like the mythical character of choice for a while in the gift industry. And I do feel like we're probably going to see dragons explode. I feel like. I agree, and I think Game of Thrones has um, really allowed retailers opportunities to market that with dragon-related products. Um, we actually saw Goliath Games has a new game coming out called Dragon Snacks. Oh. And um, they were talking about winter is now over, and now we've got this game coming out, and they use the Game of Thrones font, um, and they talked about, you know, like, however you feel about the ending, here's what we're bringing up to give hope to the children of Westeros. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is just a side note, but speaking of dragon's necks, one of my favorite lines of that entire series is when they ask um, Daenerys what dragons eat, and she says, whatever they want. <laughs> I know that's really random, but I just that just reminded me of that favorite line. <laughs> um, Oreos actually came out with special Game of Thrones themed. Um, did you see that? They no. were they were in designs of Targaryen and Stark and Lannister oh, and cool. yeah, it was really neat. Um, that's how we started the series for this um, season. Um, that and with Game of Thrones beer, which was very special. <laughs> I had a Game of Thrones wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you know, retailers were carrying different fashions to commemorate the show throughout the years. Different textiles with throw pillows and blankets so it's really impacted retail in a big way very cool um alex i know you were posting something um very recently about a new expo what's going on in that world Yes, so the Sweet and Snacks Expo, which is sponsored by the National Confectioners Association, just released the 2019 Most Innovative New Product Award winners, and they're all very delicious. Uh, there were more than 300 products entered for consideration in the awards um, in nine different categories. Uh, some of the winners include, um, I've had this and it's very good, by the way, the Hershey Company's Kit Kat Duos Mint and Dark chocolate Ooh. so instead of having two bars of the same flavor you can eat it like an animal and like bite both <laughs> at the same time oh. or you could break them off and eat them separately that sounds really good i used to hate chocolate and mint for a very long time i know like a weirdo i guess <laughs> and now like in the last like two or three years like very recently i love mint and chocolate together like i get it now <laughs> i don't know what happened but i get it now well i definitely think you should try out the chocolate winner from Sweet and Snacks Expo then. Um, and then they also, the non-chocolate winner was lemon and marshmallow flavored jelly beans, which sounds interesting, mm -hmm. but I would have an open mind to trying it if I had the opportunity. Um, the savory snacks winner was Triscuits, pumpkin seeds, and sweet corn, which I just think would go so well when we talked about full decor. You know, if you have a few of those snacks mixed in, I think that would be great. Um, one of the nominees I was really interested in, they were bacon on the go Thai curry. Oh. Doesn't that sound interesting? That sounds really interesting. Yeah. I, I love seeing bacon in unexpected ways, like spicy bacon, chocolate, and things that you wouldn't expect. You just go... Or like sweet bacon, like if you put mm -hmm. like brown sugar on it and it has like that sweet and savory mix. I just love anything with bacon in it. So I'm intrigued by that winner too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so that was that. Very interesting. But you can see the full list of winners on giftsanddeck.com if you want to check out even more unusual combinations of flavors that somehow work really well together. Very cool. Um, another thing that we talked about very recently, and we actually included it in our June issue too, which we just closed yesterday, so, Woo! oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but really interesting, so Mud Pie actually um, uh, released some news about their new um, volunteer program. So they're encouraging volunteerism with a new work policy. They're basically giving volunteer time off. So you can have a day off from work if you're volunteering, which is really cool. I know a lot of other companies are really starting to get on that um, train. 
especially in today's world, I know we're really trying to focus on a, getting a better work-life balance. And so this program is part of that, just encouraging that better balance, getting involved in your community. So it's really nice to be supported by your company like that. Um, I know One Coast is another company that we've chatted with. They're always really good about creating a positive work culture. And not that long ago, they had like an entire conference around positivity for all of their employees. And, you know, they're a national company with people that work remotely all over the place. And they bring them all together to make sure that no one feels isolated or disconnected. And so it's really cool that we're seeing, you know, some of these big companies really focus on, um, you know, caring for their employees and just making sure that their morale is lifted, which is really cool. And I know that's something we've chatted about doing an article on at some point of just having, um, you know, how you can build your morale for your employees, create a positive workforce. And I think it's something that's really needed in today's world for sure. Um, and Alex, I know even you talked about, um, talk to retailers for Retailers Respond in our June issue um, about, you know, how to keep their employees happy. What kind of things were you hearing from the retail front? I had some really great ideas from retailers. There were people who were offering special trainings for their employees and they would receive a bonus raise if, after completing the course. Um, we had uh, Whitney Morgan from uh, York, Pennsylvania said that she really encourages her staff to uh, be involved in doing community service. They've done a lot of it together and she says like the more that you do that, the more that you grow as a team. And also her staff has their own book club, which I thought was really oh, fun. They exchange fine. books in the break room so just a really fun way to have something to talk about that's not necessarily work related yeah um, and then a lot of others provided special discounts for their employees and just you know just even handwritten notes that just show how much you appreciate them I think is something that we always love and that's why stationery is so popular because mm -hmm. you love that personal touch so yeah yeah that's very true I love that um, what else is going on in the news world what do people need to know well, um, Slant Collections was just acquired by CBC Group. They are from San Francisco. We all love and know that giftware company. They've got fun cocktail napkins and beverage wear, and they've created party goods and private label custom hydration products since 1994. Um, the CBC Group has been around for a very long time, uh, since the 40s, actually. Wow. And so it's really exciting that they're acquiring the brand, and we'll see where it goes from here. Awesome. And then really quickly, so I know we've talked about Noted a lot. It is really cool that it's new. Um, I went just last week to cover it, and so um, you can find a recap of that on giftsanddeck.com where I'll be writing about the different trends, or I did write about the different trends um, in greeting cards. It was really cool to see a lot of like female empowerment there, and we see a lot of that in stationery. Um, number one, there's just a lot of startups and entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs in the stationery industry because it typically is the easiest to get into, you know, for young developers. Um, but they had like a seminar on how current, um, you know, politics and the female movement are affecting product designs, which was really cool. And just one sneak peek at the biggest trend that I saw was boobs. <laughs> 
And I'm being serious. We even had, you know, a whole discussion about it um, from on one of the panels that there's this movement toward women design, like product designers, sort of reclaiming the female form and the female body. So you're seeing a lot of female shapes, and that includes hands and boobs. And they're in all different shapes and sizes, which is great. <laughs> and it's sort of this like reclaiming them for, you know, just female empowerment. We're owning our body and all its shapes and forms. So that was kind of the um, most inspiring and neatest trend <laughs> um, that I discovered while there. But you can see more about that expo and the Louis Awards on giftsanddeck.com. The Louis Awards were also amazing. It was formed after or themed after a speakeasy soiree. So they had people dressed up as like gangsters and I had to have a secret passcode to like get in through the gate. <laughs> yeah, how did that go? Oh my gosh, so my Uber dropped me off at the address and nothing on the outside really looks like it's a venue or a party going on, but there was this guy dressed up in like a 40s like fedora and suit and he goes, I'm not even going to do the accent. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, do it. I can't. He goes, "Hey, you're not a kappa, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked around like uh, no. <laughs> anyway, it was really cool. They just really went above and beyond on their theme. Um, I was not a copper, so I did get to go to the party, and he gave me the secret password um, to get in. So it was really cool. And um, the winners you can find on giftsanddeck.com too, but just FYI, up with paper and their brand, um, UWP Lux won a lot. They did really well at the Louis, and they did have some really amazing cards. They definitely earned it. So you can find all of that as well. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now it's time to um, let's talk about gifts a little bit and what's coming up in our June issue. Gift Gab, your guide to the latest product trends and the stories behind the gifts. So I'm really excited about our June issue coming out. Um, on the cover, you will find Peanut. <laughs> Peanut is a corgi and it's um, part of the so Primitives by Kathy is on our cover. You know, as we know, they came out with a new pet line. Um, we're really seeing the pet gift category growing, so we wanted to give it its day in our magazine. So Printers by Kathy is on their cover in their collection, but their very best model is Peanut, <laughs> um, and he is an adorable corgi, so that's very exciting. Um, but again, just we've seen the pet gift category grow so much, and I know, Alex, you really dug into it with our lead feature about pets that month. Yes, you know, I had so much fun writing this feature. I tried to throw puns in it all the way through. <laughs> I noticed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. I tried not to go overboard, but I did have fun with writing some of it. Um, and, you know, we're all dog lovers here in this office. We all have our little fur babies at home. And that's something that I really um, focused on in this feature was about how modern pet owners really treat their fur babies as parts of the family. They're not just a pet, but they're really a treasured part of the family. They're spoiled and pampered. Um, we, we like to celebrate their birthdays and the day they were adopted. I'm sure your dogs are just spoiled at home. My dogs are very spoiled. 
And I am now a crazy person because I mean, I never, until I had a pet, I always thought it was kind of weird to treat them like your kids. I really did. And then the minute that I got a puppy, I became an insane person. And I literally like, I, we have a bedtime ritual. Like I put them to bed. I tell them good night. I always tell them goodbye and to be good girls before I leave. Like (laughs) it's a real weird (laughs) situation. Um, but it's true. I mean, they're such good company and they have, they're so, they have such big personalities, each of my dogs. And so I think that I personify them and talk for them. So that's probably added to why I consider them as family members. But yes, mine are very spoiled, um, for sure. <laughs> so I get it now. Yeah. And I got my dog when he was, you know, six weeks old. Mm-hmm. I've known him almost his mm-hmm. whole life. And, you know, you get very attached to a pet when you've had them and seen them go through the teeny angsty phase and then mature into a calmer dog. So, yeah, it's it's so much fun. And, um, you know, talking about having Peanut on the cover, um, we did find with dog owners particularly, um, they're really focused on breed-specific products. I think cat owners are generally easier to sell to because they like any sort of generic cat designs. But, mm-hmm. you know, you have Labradors, so, you know, Labrador. Yeah, I only dogs. want Labradors on, like, my socks and things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have some Schnauzer Terrier socks because my, my dog, he's a mutt, but he looks very Schnauzer-y. Mm-hmm. So anytime I see anything Schnauzer, I have to oh, I, I need that. <laughs> oh, that looks just like Benji. So, yeah, for sure, I, I love that stuff yeah um but one thing i i did want to talk about we didn't have really the room in the print issue to talk about this um we did mention how pets are such loved parts of the family uh, which also means that when they pass on because sadly pets don't live as long as we do um they're also mourned as part of the family and so um memorial gifts that um really commemorate the life and celebrate the life of a pet they're also really popular uh, we see Roman has a garden statue with like angel wings that says, Aww. you know, um, you left paw prints on my heart. That's a really sentimental message. Um, really those things that I think if you, even if you're going through it or you have a friend who's um, mourning the loss of a pet, these gifts are something that's very comforting. I know um, Dem Deco also mm-hmm. has an art heart with that same kind of messaging, paw prints on the heart. Um, and we've seen books that kind of address this issue. So it's a it's a really sweet subcategory within pet gifts that's certainly worth mentioning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know even in our retailer roundtable in the during the winter America's Mart, you know we touched on pet gifts. A lot of store owners are bringing their pet in store, um, you know, just to add to that personable vibe. And as long as your customers love pets, I mean, obviously it has to fit within your brand and it should be safe. I mean, if my dog could never do it, she would clobber everyone because she's friendly, but she just jumps like Tigger on you, like just (laughs) bouncing all the time. And she's a huge dog, but she thinks she's tiny. Um, So obviously you'd have to be careful about that. And then another thing we talked about in that retail around table too, was just the fact that because our pets are such a part of the family, it's even affected a little bit of the home decor, like fancier Mm -hmm. pet beds. So it looks nice in your house. I know we had quite a few pet beds, um, you know, in the June feature as well um, as other home decor that sort of touts your love for your pets. So that was a cool component as well. 
Yes, and, and going back to the breed-specific thing, um, one of the vendors we talked to, Sophie Alport, was saying one tip that she had for retailers is to really know what breeds are popular in your specific area, and then you can carry those specific breeds. Or if you don't know, uh, they also have a collection that, has, that features several breeds of dogs, and that way you're more likely to hit a wide range of customers. That is a really good point. I didn't think about doing breed research, um, with, but that's very cool. What do you think is... Um, the most popular dog lately because I found so when we did our 100th anniversary issue also long ago (laughs) um, not that long ago but um, I was really cool because I found you know obviously in the 50s poodles were really big in the 1930s and 40s Scottish Terriers were everywhere and so you really find like throughout the decades there's like one kind of hero breed of dog that has really been affecting different giftables particularly so I'm kind of curious like what do we think is popular nowadays um, I know I've seen a lot of French bulldog things, That's but a good point. I could be a little biased because my husband's family, they're all huge French bulldog lovers. So every time I see it, I go, oh, there's another French bulldog. <laughs> or pugs. Pugs have been really big, too. Everyone That's a good point. Those little bug eyes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there's oh, actually a pug in the June issue. <laughs> Um, this is not related to that breed, but I just have to say my very favorite image in the June issue is actually the Trending Gifts opener, and it's that Jack's Hounds pet carrier. Mm-hmm. Is that a chihuahua in that little bag? I'm not sure what that breed is, and normally, I'll be honest, I don't really like chihuahuas that much, <laughs> but they're, he's adorable in that little basket, in that little bag. <laughs> he's got those huge ears pointing out. Yes. Yeah. He definitely looks like a chihuahua mix, at least. Yeah, and I think chihuahuas had their heyday, you know, with the Taco Bell dog for a while oh, yeah, back then. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's curious. It's just kind of funny how you see those things going on. I think Labbies and Golden Retrievers, too. Yeah. But those are classic. Yeah. So anyway, um, so definitely check out our June issue if you just need a little uplifting in your day because there's lots of cute animals in there mm-hmm. and um, it'll make your, your heart happy, I think. <laughs> and of course, give you some tips on things to stock <laughs> for That's pet lovers. Too. <laughs> um, yeah, there were a lot of really cool pet vendors in there. Um, and it's cool too. I mean, this is a growing category and we're seeing a lot of vendors add new pet lines, just like Primitives by Kathy added, you know, a, a huge pet line to their collection. You still have vendors like Harry Barker that are really focused on pets. Um, but like, as you mentioned, like Roman and Dimdeco have pet stuff. I know Mud Pie has like home decor and like uh, treat jars um, and like baskets, you know, for their toys and things. Like it is really interesting to see how these vendors are um you know, adding gifts for that new lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, our June issue also has the market study guide in it. So that is where you're going to find tons of information on what's trending across different categories. Um, I know I wrote the trending holidays one and there was lots of fun irreverent Santas is what I like to call them (laughs) because there was a Santa doing hot yoga from Oh, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, and then we had a tiki bar, beach center from Cut Adler. So some really interesting stuff in there to check out for sure. Yeah, very neat. I know in stationery, the I'm seeing a lot of desert themes. To be real with you, um, but a lot of like getting outdoors, a lot of wildlife, like birds and wildflowers, um, anything that sparks outdoor adventure. I think is really popular and looking for those designs that remind people of the wild and free outdoors. That's going into home as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we saw a lot of outdoor products for home that we just could not ignore. I mean, it was all very outdoorsy and wildlife oriented Mm -hmm. and for kids, you know, you had mentioned unicorns maybe uh, being on the way out, but I don't see any sign of it. There's <laughs> rainbows are really being embraced right now, too. Yeah. Okay. And travel, of course, too, because I know in giftables, there's so much travel stuff. I actually didn't write about um, the drinkware aspect either, but in giftables, there's a lot of like alcohol themed things too. Oh. So I didn't put that in the feature, but FYI, like stationary with like beer bottles on them. Like there's all kinds of like beer culture going on too. That was really interesting. But um, yeah, so that market study guide is in June as well, just to help you somewhat prepare for the chaos <laughs> that's about to ensue. Um, not necessarily chaos, but it is exhausting the market season. So this episode is sponsored by Mud Pie, which creates great gifts for all of life sparkling moments, both for holiday and just everyday celebrations. Their products really inspire laughter, inspiration, and joy. They are your one-stop resource for home kids and fashion. They're great for fashion-forward gals, entertainers, home decorators, those mamas and their littles, just anyone who enjoys celebrating every day, who loves to play hostess and entertain, who never arrive empty-handed, and who love effortless, stylish fashion. You can visit Mud Pie in Atlanta, Dallas, Las Vegas, or online at wholesale.mudpie.com. Speaking of the markets, we have a very special guest joining us today, Carol Schroeder. You're the owner of Orange Tree Imports in Madison, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. So, Carol, you're just a retail genius. You've written more than 100 columns for Gibson Deck over the years. We are thrilled to have your knowledge base to help inform other retailers as well. Um, So we just wanted to talk to you a little bit about market season and what markets you're going to and how you prepare for all of that. So first, what markets are you going to? Well, every year I go to uh, the New York show uh, twice a year, and I often will go to Minneapolis and Las Vegas, and sometimes also the housewares show. We, we very much miss having a show in Chicago and hope that maybe someday we'll have a Midwestern show in the, in the Windy City again. That would be much closer to you, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> and I really appreciate so, having, having had a show where my local reps are uh, part of the mix. And so that's something that, um, that we miss at a national show. Absolutely. So for these shows that you're going to, how are you preparing for these markets? What do you do ahead of time to prepare? And what are you doing while you're at the show to help you stay organized and know what you're buying and all of that good stuff? Well, I keep a document going uh, for each of the uh, major shows of the lines that I usually see at those shows and where their booths are located. And then right before I go, I'll update that using the app for that show to see if they've moved at all or um, you know any major location changes. 
but that way I make sure that I see my existing vendors and at the end of a show I'll add in any new ones that I have found at that show. But I have to say that in addition to the existing vendors who I want to make sure I, I catch up with and see what they have that is uh, new to their line, I'm going to a show to find um, sources that haven't been in our store before, maybe not even in our market. And that's one of the advantages of going to a show outside of the Midwest, of course. And I really love going to uh, some of the parts of the shows that are temp exhibits that have newer makers or importers and products that haven't been seen in the market before. That's really exciting. And I'm always happy to bring in uh, some new lines that will, will give a try and maybe they'll become an ongoing vendor and maybe it'll just be something serendipitous that we bring in one time. So are you planning on visiting the pavilions in Las Vegas then? The pavilions in Las Vegas are a wonderful addition to that show. And uh, I think that for, for any show, there is always an area of uh, small booths uh, that are temporary that someone new to the market can try out. And um, I hope that every market realizes how important that is both to us as buyers, but also to them for cultivating new exhibitors in the future. Absolutely. So when you're there, I'm sure that it would get chaotic (laughs) if I were a retailer having to keep track of what lines I purchased from, who I've seen, who I want to see more from. How do you keep it all straight? Well, you know, I used to use a Rolodex back in the old days, but now I have a a spreadsheet that I um, list our vendors and whether they have a sales rep, whether they belong to the buying group that we're part of, and um, just, you know, maybe a brief description of what they sell in case their name is something that begins with gift, for instance, because we have maybe eight (laughs) vendors that start with the word gift. And... Um, so it's a simple printout to carry with me. It's only four or five pages. I'm sure other people have it on their on their smartphone, but it helps me um, keep track of who we are buying from already, and most importantly, whether or not we have a sales rep, because that changes a lot in who the rep might be, but I really feel strongly that the sales rep system is worth supporting, and if you go to a show and, and order from a line that you already are carrying without asking, will my sales rep get credit, then that's often to the detriment of the local sales rep. And that means that we'll have fewer people going into that um, occupation in the future. So not only does the, the spreadsheet help me keep track of who I already buy from and the buying group memberships, but also most importantly, um, whose loyalty I owe the order to. And sometimes if there is a show special, we'll ask, um, can we wait in places with our sales rep or will our sales rep get credit? And those are two important questions, I think, because, of course, the vendors want you to place orders at the show. They want to justify the expense that they've um, put out to be there. Absolutely. And sales reps are so important. That's a relationship that is just so important for the retailer. They help you tremendously with new lines and whatever else you might need, questions that you might have. Um, So we're certainly in support of that as well. For markets, uh, do you attend any events that they put on? Um, I do enjoy going to seminars. I wouldn't say that I often go to a social event, but, uh, you know, there are not many educational events for those of us in retailing. And the vast majority of uh, independent retailers do not have a business degree. So this is one of the very rare opportunities where we get to um, hear speakers about topics that are of interest to us. 
And I have to say that it's my, been my privilege to give seminars at many different gift shows. And I always find a very receptive audience because people are eager, not only for the um, experience and insights that you can share, but also for the chance to network with their peers. We, we don't have a lot of um, associations where we get together with other retailers and have a chance to um, you know, share best practices and, and experiences. And in fact, I always try and try, strike up a conversation with whoever's sitting next to me on the show bus going from the hotel to the uh, convention center because, again, it's a random chance to talk to somebody who's in my field and find out how they're doing and what's important to them. Yeah, that's very good advice. Um, I think we recently had a column um, from Randy Eller talking about the mentor-mentee relationship within retail and how that's so important because, you know, the newer people on the scene can teach the veterans and vice versa. The veterans obviously have a wealth of knowledge that they can give the newbies. So that's really important to sort of compare and contrast and to look at other retailers as your peers rather than competition. Well, and it's also fun to get to talk to people from other parts of the country and see how they're doing and, um, you know, what promotions, for instance, are working well for them. And uh, my job as a, a columnist for Gifts and Decorative Accessories and as a, a blog writer is to sort of help share all that information and pass it around and make it available to as many people as possible. So I always enjoy getting insights from going to a show. Your columns are so insightful and your blog is as well. And we're constantly learning from you. It's really a treat to get to see all of your insights and thoughts on different things happening in retail. Well, that's so kind of you. (laughs) So for outside of market season, um, how do you find products then? Do you rely on sales reps? Do you, uh, you'd recently written about fair.com. Can you give me a little bit of information on how you source products outside of market season? Well, we have um, regular appointments uh, with sales reps, and we trust that they will bring us um, new lines or if they have, are a, a company rep, that they'll have new products and promotions and also ideas for how we can better sell their products. Um, we love, of course, uh, trade magazines like Gifts and Deck, which are uh, often quite full of articles about new products as well as advertisements from vendors and you know we have learned from advertising our own store that it takes a lot of impressions sometimes before you come to top of mind so if we see an ad for a product in um, a, a trade magazine if we see them at the trade show if we hear peers talking about it you know then we might feel more inclined to bring it into the store So those are all really good sources. We love having print catalogs. I know that there's a trend towards more websites, but it's really rare that we would just go to a website and browse around to get an impression of products. Whereas a catalog gives us a chance to flip through and go back to some pages that we might be interested in and maybe compare it to um, some other lines that we're already buying. And so that's a tool that we use quite a bit. And I'm, I'm hoping that our vendors are not going to discontinue the idea of print catalogs because most of us do reference them with some regularity. Excellent. Well, Carol, thank you so much for your insights. We really appreciate you talking with us today and I wish you all the best of luck at market season and hopefully we'll see you out there. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the chance to be part of the new podcast series. Add-on tales. It's not time to check out yet. Here's an extra behind the scenes story before you go. So I just want to take a minute and give you a special story on one of our retail nominees. So as you know, we have 
21 retailers nominated for a Retailer Excellence Awards. And that list has been revealed in both um, our June issue and um, on giftsanddeck.com. One in particular I just wanted to highlight um, for this episode to give you a little teaser for what's to come. Um, So Pigment, which is a boutique in San Diego, California, was nominated for the Visual Merchandising Award. Those pictures, did you get to look at the pictures, Alex? Yes, they were beautiful. They are so pretty. Like, they just make me feel light and happy if that makes any sense like it the, does. like the displays are so airy that it makes me feel lighter if that makes sense not like weight wise <laughs> but just like stress wise I don't know it's just really lovely um, so I know that their pictures really caught our eye when we were um, you know judging mm-hmm. and the really cool story behind it so the owners um, it's actually owned by a couple and one is a teacher and an artist and her husband is a musician and the whole store is just so carefully curated and beautiful. Um, and at first, we didn't know that it was like run by artists until you like read the, um, you know, the description in the um, award submission form. But after you hear that, you're like, yes, that makes so much sense because like these pictures of the their visual displays it does kind of look a little bit like it's a museum or an art gallery or something. The whole store kind of feels that way. Yeah, I'm Um, sure it helps when the owners have a creative background. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I just thought that was really interesting. They really use a lot of botanicals too, which I think adds to that that. lively, airy, breezy feel. Um, And so, yeah, I just love that. I love any time you add just like green, organic, anything that makes you feel like connected to the world, I think, because today is just everything is so digital. Um, But so she actually, the staff that she employs are all um, art students. So again, that's why it's so beautiful too. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, um, and in the submission form, she really talked about the fact that she looks at her store kind of like it is an art gallery. And so that when she's at market, when she's um, sourcing, you know, vendors and product, she of course thinks about what her customers would want, but she always thinks about how it would look in her store. So she really evaluates products from their visual standpoints, mm-hmm. which I kind of thought was interesting. I never thought about it that way. Um, you know, when you're looking for a new product, yeah. I just thought, is it on trend? You know, do my customers want it? And not necessarily, you know, the big, big picture. So I just thought that was really cool. Um, and of course, you know, her staff are art students and that's what helps, um, craft those displays and the appeal of the store. Also, some retailers may think she's insane. Um, so she has three locations and, um, the one location has been going on for years, but she opened two new locations in like a matter of weeks apart. So like she opened a second one and then a few weeks later was like, let's go ahead and open a third one. Wow. I know, I can't imagine (laughs) just how much, um, I'm not an organized person, so I can't imagine how much organization that takes to get that going. Um, But they have said that they're 
uh, plan is, you know, with the, if it does well, um, which we hope it will, and I'm sure it will, um, that they would like to underwrite an artist workshop program with some of the revenue from those three locations because they're really, you know, trying to support um, the arts and other art students in their community, which I just thought was a really interesting little backstory about that nominee. Absolutely. I think that would be such an awesome opportunity if you were a student to get to say that you help bring a display to life in Mm -hmm. a store. How cool is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cool. All right. Well, that wraps it up um, for this episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. 